Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today, I would like to give the last message on fruitfulness. In John chapter 15, verses 1 to 2 and verse 8, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. When you read this scripture, you can see that the Lord is interested in fruit bearing. He is interested in us producing fruit and making profit and some benefit for the kingdom of God. Actually, if you study the whole Bible, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, you can see that God wants us to be fruitful. Actually, the first word the Lord spoke to Adam when he opened his eyes and saw the world that God created, God said, I bless you. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. So the original plan of God is that we all will be fruitful and fill the earth for the kingdom of God. So God wants us to be fruitful. And God deserves our fruitfulness. He has invested so much into our life. He sent His Son Jesus to die for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Bible. He gave us the church, the pastor to teach you. He gave us the air to breathe, the rain. He gave us education. He gave us so many things and He deserved our life of fruitfulness. Verse 16, the Bible says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. And whatever that you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. God ordained us and sent us out to be fruitful. The life in, on earth here is so short. One day we are going to leave this world. And one day every one of you is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We are going to be judged not about salvation, but about what we did on earth here. And the Bible said on that day, the fire of God, there are four kinds of fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit that will purify us to become more like Christ. The fire at the judgment seat of Christ that will try the work we do on earth here. And the third one, the fire of difficulties in life to shape our life to become more like Christ. And the fourth one, the fire of hell that I don't want to go. We're all going to face three fires. The fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the judgment seat of Christ, and the fire of difficulties and hardships. And that day, the fire of God will try our work. No matter how many millions of hours you spend, some of you may be, unfortunately, the fire burned all the work that you did. And it's like wood, straw, and hay. It puff, disappears like a smoke. And you go into heaven with bare hand, no rewards. You suffer the loss of reward. Yes, you are saved from the fire of hell, but you will go to heaven bare hand. But another group of Christians 
who face this fire of test, they are like silver, gold, and precious stone because they serve God by the direction of the Holy Spirit. They serve God out of the right motive, out of the right attitude. They do everything by the direction of God, and they go into heaven shining like star, shining like gold, with the crown of glory, with bunch of rewards in their hand. And I pray that the members of the New Hope International Church will go into heaven with a lot of rewards. The Bible says that our life is like a mist or like a vapor. You may think that 10 to 12 years or 15 years are a long time. No. You come and you go. You come and you disappear. We have relatively short time in this life. And that's why we need to be careful how we spend our life. Many Christians spend their whole life making money, saving for retirement, and they never do anything for God. And on that day when they go to heaven, they go to the judgment seat of Christ, they will be very sad because they waste their life away on the materials and money that somebody will take away from them anyway. Life is unpredictable. We don't know whether we have tomorrow or not. Therefore, every minute, we should make it count. We just use it to make a big difference. The Bible never say, redeem your stuff. The Bible say, redeem your time. And make the most of every opportunity to make it count. To make a big difference. Not only the short term, but for eternity. That many lives will go to heaven. Many people will grow up, love God, serve God. I thank God that many people witnessed to me before I became a Christian. Those who witnessed to me, some of them are in heaven right now. And they may not even know that I'm a pastor in America today. They did not know when they were witnessing to me. But now they look from heaven and they know that they are investing their time on me that I will produce more for the kingdom of God. We want to produce for the kingdom of God. One time in the Bible, Jesus was talking about a rich man. In Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21, then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build, gather, and there I will store all of my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so you have many goods laid up from many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Or in other words, have a good time on retirement. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things which you have provided? So it is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This man was thinking about gathering all of his crops and his money, his stuff. He redeemed his stuff. And he did even not know that he's going to die that night. My brother and sister, I hope that you are not this man. That you just think about saving for yourself. You never spend for the kingdom of God. I want to encourage all of you. Life is too short to just live for the stuff on earth here. We should be fruitful for the kingdom of God. We should ask God to help us graciously to use our resources, our time and energy and money and talents and gifts and education to build the kingdom of God, to bring souls into the kingdom of God. Because 
that will last for eternity. One day when we go to heaven, we will have eternal rewards that thief cannot steal, robber cannot take from you, and it will be with you for eternity. Amen. So I want to encourage all of you to start thinking about how I can be fruitful. And definitely, if you, if you are fruitful right now, God wants to make you more fruitful in the years and days to come. God can make you become fruitful in one day, equal to 10 years in the past. With the today technology, the internet, and the jet airline, and the iPad, and email, we can be more fruitful than 10 years ago. And as we become more fruitful, what God's going to do? God's going to trim or purge the dead stuff or the things that dead in our life so that we can be more fruitful. We all have some dead stuff on the inside of us and God needs to prune it out. Maybe the dead stuff is the love of money, poverty mentality. That's why you never want to invite somebody to come to your house and feed them and share the gospel with them because you have the poverty mentality. Even though you have $2 million in your bank, you still feel that you are poor. You want to hoard and keep all the money with you. That is a dead stuff. Need to get rid of it. You need to be generous to the kingdom of God and start to store up treasure in heaven. Maybe the dead stuff in your life is laziness. Maybe lack of self-discipline. Maybe wrong doctrine in your life. You just live day by day for yourself. God wants to get rid of this stuff that will zap your energy, zap your time and resources, and you cannot be fruitful. God wants to give you opportunities and resources and money and finances and everything that you shall be fruitful. That's why the Bible says that if you are fruitful for God, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. What it means is that if you want to be fruitful, you live a life of fruitfulness, God is going to start to pour the blessing upon you so that you can become more fruitful. Amen? Today we're going to learn the last principle of how we can be fruitful. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2-8 to one more time. And I want to say that I can preach this message from my own life because it's happening to me. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, Add to your faith. How many people know that Christians is about faith? When you call yourself a Christian, you are a man and a woman of faith. You never see God, but you have faith in God. You have faith in the Bible. So the Bible says, add to your faith seven things. One, virtue, which means excellence, which means don't do anything sloppily. Don't do anything just to get by. Just to the minimum requirement. Do everything the best. Do everything to the maximum you can do. When I perform surgery, I told my patient all the time, I will do, perform surgery for you like to my own family member. I'm going to do the best in detail job for you. Do the best you can. Virtue. To virtue, knowledge. 
which means that we are hungry to get the knowledge from God. The knowledge you have right now and I have right now, not only you, me too. The knowledge that I have that God wants me to have is just a drop of water in the large ocean. God has so much knowledge for us to know. Thank God for the MP3 technology. Thank God for the podcast that you can regain the knowledge again and again by listening to the Word of God. I never sit in my car having a daydream. I always sit in my car, listen to some tape or some CD. I gain knowledge. I study the Bible all the time. To knowledge, I mean, add to faith, virtue, knowledge. And to what? Self-control, which means you need to control your appetite, your emotion, your feeling, your action, your words. Your desire, if you let it lose, the flesh rise up, you will not be fruitful. Because the sin in your life, the fleshly action and word in your life will destroy your life. To self-control, perseverance, which means don't be a quitter. We need to persevere to the end. A tree will not produce fruit overnight. It takes some time for the tree to grow and produce fruit. Therefore, we need to persevere through the ministry. We need to stay on it, keep doing it, keep doing it, having faith on it until we see the outcome. Don't quit. Don't be a quitter. Godliness, which means we need to become like Jesus. The most fruitful person in the whole world is Jesus himself. The more you become like Jesus, the more fruitful you are. Brotherly kindness. What does it mean, brotherly kindness? It means that in the world, there are two families. The family of God. God is the father. And if we are a Christian, we are a son and a daughter of God. And those who believe in Jesus and repent of their sin, they are our brother and sister. There is another family, and the father is the devil. Those people who reject God, those people who reject the Bible. And the Bible says we need to give a special treatment, a special grace and protection and help to the brother and sister in Christ. Yes, we want people who don't know Jesus to join our family, that they will be born again and believe in Jesus and accept Jesus and be born again to become a Christian. But we need to give a special help, special protection. Everyone in the world is looking for a group of people who will love them and accept them and protect their back. And if they see that the brother and sister in the church don't bite each other, don't gossip about each other, but love one another, and we are protecting each other's back, and we help each other. When we are in the family of God, we will never lack help because the Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunities, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So when you are a believer and you join the local church, you will never become lonely again. You will never become lack of help again. People can help you. People will love you. As Jesus loved us first by laying down his life for us, we will lay down our life for one another. And when the non-believers outside, the people who are in the family of the devil, see that people in the church love one another, they want to join. They want to be in this church. They want to be in the family of God. People don't know that we are Christian because we speak in tongues. People don't know that we are Christian because we quote the Bible. People don't know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ because we wear a cross on the neck. But because we love one another. Because we 
used to each other so good that the light of God would shine out of the church and people look at it and say, "Hey, can I join you, guy? Can I be a Christian too? Because you are so good to one another. I want to be in that group with you." That's why the Bible says, if we want to be fruitful, we need to have special brotherly love and brotherly kindness. And the last one, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that love makes us fruitful. Today, I want to talk about love, moved by love. To godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. On Friday night, I came to care group meeting here in the church. And suddenly, God revealed to me something. God spoke to me. And this is what God said to me. And I did this since I was a new believer. After I became a new believer, I want to go to church right away. Next Sunday, I woke my family up and said, let's go to church. And since that day on, after I accepted Jesus Christ, Changing from Buddhist into Christian, I never miss church even one Sunday. And the reason I go to church, because I love God. Two, because I love my brother and sister. I'm so excited to come to be in the presence of God. And I'm so excited to come to meet my brother and sister in the church. A church day is a fun day to be in the family, to meet my family. I notice that there are some Christian who are trained to go to church with the wrong idea and wrong motive. Some Christians go to church for entertainment, nice music, nice light on the stage. I met so many people in my office, and I'm talking about patients and doctors too in the hospital. And I asked them, why do you go to church? Oh, the preacher, he speaks so well. And what do you do after the church? Oh, I rush home. I have yard to do. I have TV to watch. I have so many things. The reason I go to that church because the preacher is a good speaker. And when I listen to that, oh, you go to church to be entertained with good speaking. That's wrong. You should go to church because you love God. Not because you want to be entertained by good speech. And some people go to church because they feel guilty that they need to fulfill religious commitment. That's a wrong motive too. But the last one that I see a lot in the body of Christ I go to church to show them that I know more than them. That's the wrong motive too. Whether you are allowed to teach in this church or not, you still need to come to church. Because you love God and you love one another. No matter you get anything in the church, you still go to church. Even today, we don't have nice music. We don't have even musical instrument and the carpet is dirty and no air condition and nothing. Are you still coming to church? You still come to church. Because it's not about feeling good. It's not about entertainment. It's not about nice carpet. It's about I love Jesus. It's about I love His people. And I want to be with His people. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. What is opposite to love? It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. Love will make you fruitful. What is opposite to love? Selfishness and self-seeking. Me, 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 me. I want to be entertained. I want nice message. I want nice music. What can they do on this Sunday? Do I feel good this Sunday? It's about me, self-seeking. And if you walk that kind of lifestyle, you will never be fruitful. 
because you are selfish and self-seeking. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 to 14. I'm going to emphasize one Greek word here in the Bible called suneko. S-U-N-E-C-H-O. For if we are beside ourselves, mad as some say, it is for God and concern Him. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. Paul lived his life for the benefit of the brothers because of love. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one die for all, then all die. The word compels, controls, and impels and urges in the Greek language is suneko. The love of Christ that is in us compels, urges, presses, constrains, and pushes us to live for other people. Christ died for us. He loved us first. And His love come into our heart by the Holy Spirit. Do you know that love is a person? Love is not just an abstract. Love is a person. And that person is Jehovah. Jehovah, God, is love. Who live on the inside of you by His Holy Spirit. And if you are a born-again Christian, you will never say something like this. I hate you. Because the love of God is in you. You will love people. You will love the brethren. You will love other churches. Because God is love. And that person is still alive. The Holy Spirit is still alive in you. He's not a dead God. Love is alive. And that love can control and move and push and impels and compels you to do something for God. You cannot sit still. You are compelled by the love of God all the days of your life. Acts chapter 18, verse 5. The Bible says, When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled, suneko, by the Spirit, and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Paul said that, My life is so compelled and pushed and pressed by the love of Christ, by the love of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, that I cannot sit still. I need to travel to the different cities, to the whole known world in his generation, to testify for Jesus, to preach to the Jews and to the Gentiles. It's a constant, continual force that pushes him and moves him every single day. This is not a force of demon, but a force of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that causes us to love our wife, our kids, our brother and sister in the church, and the lost and dying world. The love of God stir up on the inside of us and move us every single day to save the lost soul and to make disciples and to build the kingdom of God. Amen? I don't know about you, but many times the Holy Spirit just work in the inside me, not many times, every single day. Move me to produce CD, teaching CD in Thai, in English, in Japanese, in different languages, and burning on the inside of me. And God said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. They need the truth. They need to hear the word of God. And I see the needs of the churches and God just moved on the inside of me. And sometimes I want to let you know, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, because sometimes I lack sleep all night because of being on call. But the love of God just stirs on the inside and energizes me and moves me 
and make me awake and make me so on fire, so fervent for God to do the work of God. Because the love of God just keep moving on the inside of me. The love to the brothers and to the lost and dying world. Even though my mind and my body is tired, but the love of God just keep moving, moving, moving and pushing and pressing me and compelling me to do the work of God, to build the kingdom of God. I want you to live that kind of lifestyle, that the love of God keep moving you, keep pressing you and compelling you all the days of your life. Yes, I enjoy vacation. I enjoy sitting on the beach and snorkeling to see the colorful fish there. But that will last only a few days. I cannot sit on the beach every single day on the day, all the days of my life. Because if I sit on the beach every day, I will not get reward in heaven. I need to come home. Sometimes when I go to Hawaii, I was so tempted and tell Pastor Da, oh, I love the ocean so much. Let's move to Hawaii. And I can give all the excuses. Maybe we can start a New Hope International Church in Hawaii. But Pastor Da said, no, 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 no. We cannot leave our ship in Seattle. We need to come back. The vacation has to end on Saturday and fly back. Because the love of God is more important than the Waikiki Beach and the Hanama Bay and the snorkeling and the fish in the sea. The love of God still pushes to come back to Seattle and want to minister to people. Amen? That is the love of God we are talking about. Yes, we need a little bit of rest. We need some vacation. We need some recreation. But we are not living for recreation. We are living for the kingdom of God. Many Christians spend their whole lifetime just making money and preparing for the retirement. I will be retired from medical work, but I will never be retired from the service for the Lord. The day that I retire is when my spirit leaves my body and go to heaven. Or the day that I'm retired from the ministry is the day when the trumpet blows. And, 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 and Jesus come back. That's the day of my full retirement. Amen? How many people promise God you will not be retired from the kingdom of God? You cannot get rid of me. Even though I'm 120 years old, come up here with a low voice, like an old man. But I'm still preaching and lay hand. And cast out demons at 120 years old. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What happened to Jesus if he had the internet and the jet airplane? What happened to Paul if he had the iPad and iPhone and the text message and the email and the Dropbox? What can happen to them? Paul went around the whole world with sailing boat three miles an hour, walked on his feet and on the donkey. But he finished his work in his lifetime throughout the known world that he knew at that time. How about us? We have jet airplane. We have internet. We have podcasts. We have all kinds of technologies that we can reach out to the whole world for God. We have no excuses. We cannot say that, redeem my stuff. I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to make myself happy and be merry. And I will retire and be happy. That is not the Christian thinking at all. We're going to be fruitful to the end. Amen. We're going to live our life to make the benefit for God. We're going to make the most of every opportunity. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 50. The same word, suneko. But I have a baptism. I read from New King James first. To be baptized with 
and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Let me read from King James version. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and how greatly and sorely I am urged on and implored and constrained until it is accomplished. Jesus had a mission. Jesus came into the world, and he said, "I'm compelled. I'm impelled, suneko, by the love of God on the inside of me, to finish my mission." That is to preach the gospel, make disciples, cast out demons, heal the sick, and to die on the cross and raise from the dead. He said that my food is to do the will of my Father and accomplish it and finish it. He was moved every day. He said, "I need to leave this city to go to another city." Who moved him around? Who stirred him? Who made him move around in Palestine? The Holy Spirit, the love of God. He was moved by the love of God. Christian should be moved by the love of God. Amen. To reach out to the lost, to visit the people in jail, visit people in the hospital, visit sick people, pray for people, give counseling, open your homes, go to the care group, pick up the phone and call somebody and say, "How are you doing? I loved you. I pray for you." Thinking about somebody, sit in front of the internet and type the email of encouragement to bless people and say, "I loved you. I think about you. I pray for you, brothers." The love of God moved your hands. The love of God moved your mouth to speak the word of encouragement to people. You are urged. You are compelled. You are moved by the love of God. Amen. Even though you are tired. Last night you sleep three hours. You wake up in the morning, early in the morning, at 6 a.m. and you go to church because the love of God moved you, compelled you to go to church. Not because you have a duty to do, not because you have to show off that I know some Bible words to tell people around that I know a lot of Bible. No, it's about the love of God. But in real life, the love of God is not always working because there's something else in your life that will try to quench and Stop the love of God. One thing that stops the love of God in your life is your own flesh. You either yield to the love of God, to the Holy Spirit, or to yield to your own flesh. If you yield to your own flesh, you quench the Holy Spirit, and the love of God will not work in you. Amen. The devil will try to quench you too. Try to stop the love of God in you. He will cause you to have conflict with somebody in the church, and you begin to get mad. And leave the church, and then the flesh rise up and say, "I'm not going to go back to that church anymore. I'm mad. He offends me. He step on my toes." The flesh rise up. The love of God die, and stop. Are we going to allow the devil? Are we going to allow the world and the flesh to stop the love of God? And some people, the flesh will give excuses. I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I don't know the Bible enough. I'm not a good speaker. Oh, I have to take care of my family first. What happened if Jesus say I have to take care of Mary first? What happened if Paul say I have to take care of my family first? Don't take me wrong. I don't say the family is not important, but you need to lead your family to the way of God by serving God faithfully, and they will serve God with you. You should not compromise the kingdom of God for your family, and let your family back off with you. 
you need to show them the example. Amen. Look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 23. Philippians 1 23. For I am hard pressed, suneko, between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Paul became older man now. He said that I have done everything. I have been shipwrecked. I have been scorched and whipped and persecuted and rejected. I preached the gospel to the whole known world in my generation. I know Jesus better now. I think I should leave this world to be with Jesus. It's a better place to be in heaven. He was pressed by two sides. What is another side? Verse 24. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. I feel the same way. I don't want to die early. I know the church needs me. I know my wife, my kids need me. I know that the mission out there, all these new churches that planted in Japan, Thailand, and Germany still need me. I don't want to die young. And what moved me, what moved Jesus, what moved Paul was the love of God. You will not die soon if you live your life for God because God can extend your life because God still needs you. Every time I get up on the airplane, I will say to God, God, no crash. No accident in this airplane ride because I know your people still need me. I'm not going to die young. I'm going to live a long life. Amen. And Pastor Da say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, it's better to be in heaven, but the love of God press us to live a life for the kingdom, for the church, to see people grow up, to see souls saved, to see people become more mature, to see people become more fruitful, to see the multiplication of the kingdom of God. The love of God move us. I want to encourage people who think you are old now. You think you are old. Maybe you say, ah, I'm useless, I'm old. It's not true. If you think you are old, you are in the late part of your life, maybe 90 years old, 100 years old. I want to encourage you. You are needed. You smile in the church, make young people happy. Don't give up our life. Don't die soon. Stay longer. Old people in this church, elderly people in this church, stay longer. Have a long life. You know why? The experience you have cannot buy with money. You can give advice to young people in the church that they never experienced before. Is that true? You may not know a lot of Bible, but you know the Lord. You may not be a preacher like me, but you have experience with the Lord and you can help a lot of young kids and young people in the church as older people. God needs old people in the church too. Don't hurry to go to heaven. Stay longer. Wake up every morning. The love of God press me. Suneko. And I'm going to live for the church. I'm going to still go to church every Sunday. I'm going to smile there. Happy, greet people. Hi, how are you doing? Hug the young kids. Love people. Pray for people. People still need you to be fruitful on earth here. Amen. Psalm 91 verses 14 to 16. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Everyone say, long life. Long. Everyone point to yourself. Long life. long life. Point to the neighbor. Long life. Long life. 
long life long life to serve God amen you need to fight with a good fight of faith and if you're sick and you think the sickness gonna take your life to go to heaven don't give up and lie on the bed and say oh I think I'd rather die to be in heaven no fight fight a good fight of faith live longer to be fruitful longer amen stay here the church still needs you I need you Pastor Dad needs you. We need each other. Don't leave too soon. Stay. Please. Stay longer. Don't die. Stay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 25 says, Since I am convinced of this, since you are convinced that you are needed, you need to be more fruitful and the church needs you. I know that I shall remain and stay by you all to promote. Stay for what? Not for recreation, not to have fun, not just to live for myself. To promote your progress and joy in believing. You live your life to help other people to grow. You live your life to build the kingdom, to build the church, not just for yourself. If you have this attitude, I believe God is going to give you a long life. Because you live your life to promote other people, to bless other people, not just for yourself. Amen? Live your life. For the kingdom of God. Amen. And that love will energize you. Will energize you. Will give you faith to fight. Will give you the vision. Will give you the energy. Will give you the strength to be able to do the work of God. And give you resources as well. The love of God, the Holy Spirit will help you to fulfill your mission. Let me read the last scripture. 1 Corinthians Chapter 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the spiritual ability or the spiritual gift or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. It's interesting. The whole chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, talk about love, and then suddenly verse chapter 14, talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is how we should live as a Christian. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are motivated, pressed, compelled, impelled, constrained, urged by the love of God. We go to church because we love God. We go to the mission because we love God. We go to care group because we love God and love people. We want to see people save, grow, and be mature. We love, we love, we love. We go everywhere, we love people. And as we move around with love, suddenly the Holy Spirit manifests himself through you by the gift. You look at somebody and you love them. Suddenly the gift of word of knowledge come out. Hey, brother, this is what happened. Blah, 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 blah. And the person blown away. How did you know the gift is manifest because you love? Maybe you go to care group and somebody gets sick and you see that person and you say, I want you to be strong again. Suddenly the gift of healing come upon you. You lay hand, the person get healed. The gift of the Holy Spirit Move and manifest as you walk in love. You don't need to have, be a special pastor, preacher, or evangelist to have the nine gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of healing, the gift of performing miracles, the gift of faith, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongue interpretation, the gift of discerning of the Spirit, the gift of word of knowledge, and the gift of wisdom. You don't need to be a preacher to have the... All of you have the right to have all nine gifts, but the nine gifts will manifest... When you walk in love, 
you're impelled in love, and suddenly the gift of word of knowledge come out. Suddenly the gift of healing come about, and suddenly the gift of perform miracle happen because you love, you love people, you want to bless people all the time. How many people want to live that way? Love and power, love and power. The gift of the Holy Spirit manifest through you. Amen. Amen. We should not live a selfish life. Definitely, we need to learn how to yield to the love of God. Why I like revival service? Why do I like to lay hand on people and ask people to come in the front to be laid hand on? Because the action of getting out from the chair, walk to the front, lift up your arm, and wait for God to touch you or kneel down is the action of yielding, an action of desiring the Holy Spirit to do something in you. You surrender. You say you do whatever you want. Action. Tell our attitude. See what yielded vessel. Everyone that Jesus healed in the four gospel are those who come to Him and ask for help. You need to surrender. And if you learn to surrender in the meeting like this, when you get on the bus to go to work, when you are in the classroom and the Holy Spirit start to work to love that person to share the gospel, you will start to flow in love and begin to manifest the gift of the Holy Spirit. You yield in the meeting. You're going to yield outside. If you fight in the meeting, put up your hand across your chest and tap your foot and fighting, you're going to fight out there. And the Holy Spirit and the love of God will never be able to manifest through you. When the love wants to move you, you say, no, no, I'm going to do my stuff. I don't want you. You're going to keep fighting with the Holy Spirit. But if you yield here, you're going to yield outside. That's all about the revival service. It's learn how to yield. Learn how to surrender. Learn how to be filled. Learn how to be controlled and to be marinated and touched by the Spirit of God so that you can be touched and moved by the Spirit of God outside. You see the purpose now of laying on of hand? It's not just about, oh, Pastor Lao wants to do, uh, he, is, he is not busy enough. Surgery is not enough for me. I need to use my hand to do something else. So just like a religious ceremony. No. This is about the Holy Spirit, about yielding. It's about touching of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many people want to be moved by love? 24-7. Amen. How many people say, I yield to the Holy Spirit? How many people say more of the Holy Spirit? More love. More love in my life. Without love, you cannot be fruitful. You need to be moved by the love of God to be fruitful. And you will do everything out of the right heart. No hidden agenda. The love of God is moving inside you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for this teaching moved by love. We want to be fruitful for you. On that day when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, the fire will test our work, Lord. And I pray, Father, that everyone in this room and everyone who listened to this teaching, they come out of the fire like gold and silver and precious stones. They will have a lot of rewards in heaven. They will not waste the valuable, precious lifetime on earth here. They're so short, like a vapor and a mist. But they will use every day and minute wisely.
for the kingdom of God. Lord, may the love of God move in this house, in the life of your people, and they will not fight against the Holy Spirit. They will yield to the Holy Spirit, Father. We thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Is there anyone in this room that are not sure that if you die today, you will go to heaven? I'd like to encourage you to be saved, to have salvation. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. He wants you to come back to him, to join the family of God. If you want to do that, I'd like to ask you to pray with me. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So you confess with your mouth right now and believe in your heart that Jesus died for you. You may know about God, but you may not be born again. Just knowing about God is not enough. You need to have relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? How many people want to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. Pray. If you never pray this prayer, pray with me. Father in heaven, I want to be born again. I repent of my sin. Give me eternal life. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Jesus, you were raised from the dead on the third day. Come into my life, Jesus. Forgive me. Pour out your love into my heart that I can love people. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new...